This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Golf has a new game-changing number. Experience TaylorMade speed with the forgiveness of 10K inertia with the all-new QI10 Max. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more about the QI10 Carbon Woods. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Reunited, and it feels so good. Good morning, golf fans. Welcome inside the season premiere of season 16 of GTC. We're so excited to be back for another season. In the world of golf, Adam Scully here in studio. Bob will join us a little later in the show in hour two. And joining us now to kick things off from Pebble Beach, where we'll be talking a lot about Pebble Beach in this first segment, is Mark Zacchino. Mark, welcome back. GTC is back up and running. Yeah, season season 16. Good morning, Adam. Uh, It is still dark and still storming here in Pebble Beach. We got power back late last night. I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to even talk to you this morning. I'm like, oh, my, it's like there's no internet, there's nothing. We finally got power back. So we were able to charge our phones and at least uh, get some communication going with the outside world. But, uh, man, it uh, there was no chance that they were ever going to play golf today. So if we have any listeners out there thinking, oh, come on, they could have tried for 72 holes. Zero chance. I mean, this area is underwater, power lines down, roads closed. I mean, five TV towers blew over yesterday on the property. So good on Wyndham Clark. Record 60. Pretty awesome. Certainly a pretty awesome performance and a well-deserving victory for Wyndham Clark. But throughout today's show, uh, we're catching up on things that we missed through the first part of 2024. We'll recap the early season winners on the PGA Tour. We'll look at Team Canada stories so far, both on the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour. Brooke Henderson off to another good start so far this season. We'll hear from Brian Basil all about TaylorMade's all-new QI10 line of drivers and they've already seen a ton of success in 2024 all around the world of golf. And we'll have winners, weird and what, from the first five weeks of 2024. But first, let's kick things off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, so the news that, well, I guess from anyone not actually on property is that the Pebble Beach Pro-Am down to 54 holes, and that came down about 12 hours ago at 10 p.m. Eastern time last night. And, Mark, obviously you're there, and we spent a lot of time actually speaking and recording parts of the show yesterday, which we'll get to a little later. But you mentioned underwater. You mentioned a lot of wind. I know it's dark right now, but what's the forecast supposed to be today in the Pebble Beach area? I think like today, uh, I've got local news on right now. I'm reading uh, some emails that were sent this morning from uh, from the PGA Tour and and from last night. They're calling this the atmospheric river. That's a term I never heard before in my entire life, Skulls, until about a week ago. 
Uh, it's basically a band of river, uh, a band of rain that, that looks like a river from above that just sits on top of, of a certain area. And I believe it just kind of repeats. It, it, it swirls and hovers. And the state of California is getting hammered with it right now. It's, it's not even just Monterey. If we go six hours south to Los Angeles, they're getting completely drilled as well with the same thing. Um, I, I'm under the impression that today is the last day of severe and heavy storms. So you know, hopefully they can clean up the state, get people back moving around, get people power that need power. Uh, there are still, I'm under the impression there's still millions of people without power. Uh, there's a huge flood warning across the entire state. Um, but today we're still going to get more rain, uh, depending on what part of the state you're in. Tomorrow it looks like this, you know, it's finally past us. The sun is out. Now, they still could get some more rain and whatnot at the end of the week, but, but just nothing like what we've seen. And I, I believe California will return back to California. So I anticipate when the PGA Tour uh, leaves Phoenix, so they're going to head over to Phoenix for the WM, when they return for the Genesis to L.A. in just under, oh, was about 10 days away from the first round of the uh, Genesis Invitational. That we'll be back to typical Southern California weather. We'll be back to sunny and somewhere around 20 degrees Celsius and uh, likely not going to affect the Genesis. But I will say this, they are very lucky that the waste, I uh, haven't looked at the weather in Phoenix, but I'm assuming they are very lucky uh, that they are leaving California and heading to Phoenix uh, for a week. Because if they were heading, let's say, down the road this week, uh, that tournament might be in jeopardy. Which is crazy to think, and looking at Phoenix right now, temperatures aren't that warm, looking between temperatures of 15 Celsius to about 18 throughout the week. So it's not going to be all that warm in the Phoenix area, but it looks like some rain, but mostly sun coming up at the WM Phoenix Open. But as we mentioned, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am Cut to 54 holes due to dangerous weather conditions. What a performance by Wyndham Clark. The 12 under 60 on Saturday gets the victory mark. Now, you were with Wyndham Clark for his back nine on Saturday. Just how impressive was this performance? I mean, it was the putting alone. It was more than putting. Uh, I'd like to be clear, obviously, when you shoot 28 on the front nine and then you know, bring it home in a record 60 and basically have three putts that all could have gone in on 16, 17, and 18. They left them all in the heart, two for birdie, one for eagle. I mean, we could have been looking beyond course record 60. We could have been looking at something even more historic. We could have been looking at something sub-58. And you think a sub-58 round of golf, I mean... Uh, it's just mind-boggling, but 190 feet of putts, not including one that went in from off the putting surface, uh, 5.6 shots better uh, than the field on one day with the putter. There are weeks on the PGA Tour where the person who wins the tournament uh, and leads the field in strokes gained putting is doesn't have that, that many strokes gained on the field across four days, Scully. He had 5.6 strokes gained on the field in one round of golf. It, it, it's mind-boggling, those numbers. And I said this to you the other day, and I said it 
uh, in my call with, uh, on PGA Tour Radio on Sunday, you know, often we throw around things like, oh, it's a course record. You know, oh, great, course record. Well, you know, what does that, if you really think about what that means, you think about all the history of golf here at Pebble Beach. It's likely, arguably, the most, you know, iconic, important American golf venue. Some would argue Augusta National. Some would argue Pinehurst. I would argue against that. I, I, would, I think Pebble Beach is the St. Andrews of America. Um, Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, everybody who's come through here playing U.S. Opens, U.S. Amateurs, Pebble Beach Pro-Amps, Ben Crosby's, no one's ever shot better than 61 in anything. And Wyndham Clark, Shot 60 the other day and put 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 that number up against all those legends and all those icons. I mean, that that kind of puts it in perspective as to what he did, and good on him. I, I'm totally fine with the 54 holes. I didn't want to go out in some substandard golf course underwater trying to force 72 holes. We had 54 holes of stroke play, and we had a real epic final day where someone went out and won, won a golf tournament in legendary fashion. So what more could you ask for? It was certainly, it was fun, <clears throat> excuse me, it was fun to watch, <clears throat> excuse me, for Wyndham Clark throughout uh, his performance, especially that Saturday. And he, his pre-tournament odds were 90 to 1 on FanDuel. So hard to believe, Mark, with that 90 to 1, those are the shortest odds by an eventual champion so far this year, which, I mean, is mind-boggling to say the least, and we'll have much more on these long-shot winners a little later in the show. But you mentioned Wyndham Clark, you mentioned the putter, and it's interesting how that putter got in his bag last summer when he was playing with Ricky Fowler, saw he was rolling it pretty well, and thought, hmm. I kind of think I want that model in my bag. So, Mark, what did he do? He gets the exact same putter, the exact same specs. And to putt that well, Wyndham Clark, we know how much of an athlete this guy is, Mark, from you know the 186 ball speed with driver and 171 mile per hour ball speeds with three wood off the deck. This guy's an overall athlete. And, hey, if this guy can putt this well, he's almost unstoppable. Well, it really, you know, it's going to come down to always the best player inside 100 yards most weeks because especially when a golf course is so soft like that, you know, Adam, it was so soft, you know, the fairways become so wide uh, when a golf course is that soft. And with the exception of uh, the challenge in, in potentially trying to control one's spin with short irons. You know, uh, Justin Thomas told me this week that th- this might, these might be the spinniest, softest greens he's ever played. So when you put that into the equation, it really can't, it really comes down to putting and, and the player who was able to control and flight their golf ball with spin the best so that when they hit a golf ball hole high, it stayed hole high, or they were in control enough to use the back edge of the greens and pull them back. I saw so many golf balls this week that normally would be real quality shots on the PGA Tour just have, you know, 30 feet of spin on the golf ball and just, you know, start near the flag and end up off the front edge of the green. And it was frustrating a lot of guys this week. But Wyndham Clark got hot with that putter, and, I mean, look out, because everybody was hitting greens, everybody was hitting fairways, but, you know, he was taking advantage of it. And those greens were brutally hard to putt. When you put 
uh, that much water on them, that many footprints, that much, that many ball marks. They were getting bumpy. Uh, Matthew Paval told me, you know, hit, hit his line so many times yesterday, and the ball, you know, just kind of hopped offline. Um, the fact that he was able to make 190 feet of putts on those greens is just astonishing to me. I mean, Pebble Beach at, at, on its best day has bumpy greens compared to what we're going to play when we get to the Florida swing or what we get up into Eastern Seaboard onto those bent grass greens. Uh, I mean, these greens are, are never as good as those. And then you do what we did to them with Mother Nature and, and all the people going through them. I mean, 190 feet on those greens is like the equivalent of 250 feet on the East Coast. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, that being said, though, you and I, uh, have been critical, both of us, not of Wyndham Clark, because it's not his fault, but of the U.S. Open setup at L.A. Country Club with an 88-yard or 81-yard wide fairway on the 72nd hole, and Wyndham Clark was able to basically hit you know, a Bruce Litz- Litsky monster slice into an 88-yard target with a one-shot lead. And you and I did not feel that that was a U.S. Open, and I think we both stand by that that's not the spirit of the U.S. Open night. 72nd tee shot. That being said, today, or I should say this week, he hit the same shot, leading the fairway on the last hole, but this time, he had to hit it over the ocean, over Stillwater Cove, and trust that cut, and believe in that cut, and believe in that golf swing, to peel it back to the fairway, with some risk uh, uh, with some risk in front of him, and some penalty in front of him, and he did it. So, good on him, uh, under pressure, trusting your swing, et cetera, et cetera. A, a brilliant performance, and uh, I think we'll be talking about that 60 for a long time. I think we will be, too. Wyndham Clark now, a three-time winner on the PGA Tour. Someone else who picked up his first career PGA Tour win back in the fall and hasn't really been on tour for that long at all, in fact, made his pro debut at last year's RBC Canadian Open, was one Ludwig Oberg, who... A runner-up finish, Mark, and this is a guy who came off some putting struggles, especially from inside short distances at the Farmers Insurance Open. But here's a guy who was just so impressive, tee to green. He just hits this fairly straight shot a lot of the time, and he hits it a mile. This guy's future is certainly bright. I know uh, at the during our year in review special at the end of last year, one of your predictions was he'd be in the top 10 in the official world golf ranking by the end of the year. And I think he might be there a lot sooner, Mark. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you, Adam. I mean, he's starting to turn into one of those guys that where it doesn't really matter where we're playing uh, or if he's ever even been there before, that he, he needs to be on your radar because he's going to have a chance to win. And I'm going to be honest. If there was a fourth round in this golf tournament, I would likely have picked Ludwig Aubert to win this championship. If you you had asked me, if you and I were previewing the final round under normal conditions, uh, you know, without, you know, worrying about quality of golf course, safety of spectators, safety of players, we're just going to go out and, and, you know, play a final round. Ludwig Obert starting, you know, one shot back of a guy who shot 12 under the day before. Uh, he was going to be my winner. Adam, I would have picked him to win today if we were playing that final round. And it's just, Ob- Oberg is just, Oberg is just so comfortable 
in situations where he's just not supposed to be comfortable already. We saw it last year. He wins on the PGA Tour. He wins on the European Tour. He plays the President's Cup. He does all these things that guys that have 14 professional starts in their career in total are just not supposed to be comfortable doing. Now he's on the West Coast. Did he struggle a little bit with the greens at Torrey Pines? Yes, you're supposed to struggle on broccoli in, in the first time you're out here playing in these tournaments. Uh, what did he do? He learned from them, and he put himself in a position to win this week. The guy is just cut from a different cloth, and he is not phased by the things that we see most young players phased by. Now, you and I say it all the time. These guys are so much more prepared. The younger players now are, are set to win so much earlier than the generations before. Yes, that is a given, and that is a blanket statement we can use for, for all of them. But this one in particular, I believe, is one level up. I think he's just different. And look at the, look at the numbers, Scully, in terms of consistency. Look at the amount of starts he has had around the world and what his average finish is in a golf tournament. It, it's mind-boggling how good he is and how consistent he is already. He is so much fun to watch, and he is now 11th in the official world golf rankings, Mark, so he's almost <laughs> at that top 10 already. His last two starts, T9 at the Farmers Insurance Open and a second place at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Now, I mentioned Ludwig Oberg struggles on the greens at times at the Farmers Insurance Open. Now, another player we've spoken of, at length about struggles on the greens is one Scotty Scheffler and another week and another top performance tee to green for Scheffler finishes T sixth, but Mark, he was 67th in strokes game putting. There were 80 players in this field. When is Scotty Scheffler going to make some sort of huge monster change with, with the putter? Because it's just not working right now. It, it's not just now, Skulls. It's just so extremely frustrating. This change, this monster change that you and I are looking for is eight months overdue. And I'm not exaggerating. This is eight months overdue. He took last year, which would have been one of the most epic seasons we've ever seen on the PGA Tour, likely somewhere in the six-win range, multiple majors, and he lit it on fire and left with two wins and never won again after the Players' Championship. Uh, why? All due to putting. What are we doing now? We're starting another season doing the same thing. Have we tweaked the stroke? Have we worked with putting coach? Yes. I believe he's taken a half inch, was the number I heard, off of his putter. Same putter, same style putter, same grip. So what, what are we working on here? Uh, why the reluctancy to make such or at least try something? You can go back, Adam. That's what's too confusing to me. You can go back to your old putter. Make a change. Try something new. Go to a mallet. Try left hand low. Try a longer shaft. Try something. There are a gazillion different putting grips out there. He's. We're, are we just going to light another season on fire where he leads the PGA Tour in strokes gained, tee to green, in almost every category possible, and yet we scrape out one or two wins because he's just, just a complete refusal to 
you know, try something different. Do you, I don't know if you have it in front of you there, Scully, but do you know what his ball striking numbers were this week? Did he did he leave leave the field again in strokes gained approach? So right now I've got uh, strokes gained around the green forty fifth, strokes gained approach eighth, strokes gained off the tee sixty ninth. So he was fifty first in strokes gained total. This is what I'm reading right now on Data Golf, uh, but yeah. still sixty seven overall tee. in strokes gained putting. You think? Like you said, Mark, he's got to try something different. Maybe he even looks at Wyndham Clark and says, give me that putter. Give me something radically different. Maybe he he tries your whatever, your pinky grip. We're going to call that at some point. We're doing an entire show on that. More on that later. (laughs) But just try something totally different. Try putting with your eyes closed to work for Sergio Garcia when he went up Masters, right? Try something different. Totally. Okay, so I've got the shot link stats in front of me just now. I was able to pull it up from our PGA Tour data. He was... Uh, he was fifth in strokes gain approach the green, more than 4.4 shots better than the average against the field in his iron play. And he was number one, Adam, in greens in regulation. He hit 88.89% of his greens, 48 of 54 greens. He missed six greens all week, blowing the field away, number one in greens in regulation. But, again, the putting, absolute disaster, hit all those greens, make nothing. And I watched, and as you watched, you missed a bunch to kick it. These are not 20-footers and 30-footers that he's always missing. You can't expect to go out there and make a large bucket of 25-footers and do what Wyndham Clark did. But when you've got six, seven, eight, nine-foot opportunities all week and you don't pay them off, something has to give. I would love, I I don't know, I I, I know Scotty's dad a little bit, great guy, he's got a great family, he's got super supportive people and a wonderful camp around him, like Team Scheffler is a great group of people. I am hoping that somebody there can get through to him, pull him inside and and just kind of shake him around and go, Scotty, we got to try something different here. Well, something I'm looking forward to doing this year on television, whether it's our regular television show or radio on TV, we're going to take a deep dive into Scotty Scheffler's putting. We're going to look at his setup. We're going to look at where he could get better. Really just take an analytical dive of where this guy could improve on the greens. Because if he does, this player is going to have just a remarkable season yet again with a better flat stick. Well, Mark, you're going to be by again a little later in the show. We're going to recap the first part of the season. So take a little break because when we come back here on GTC, we're going to play, Mark, your interview with Wyndham Clark after that historic 12 under 60. This is our season premiere, season 16 of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the new QI10 Carbon Woods. Experience TaylorMade speed with the forgiveness of 10K inertia with the all-new QI10 Max, only from TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to the season premiere, season 16 of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Mark Skino joining again momentarily. Bob coming by in hour two. Well, Wyndham Clark. 
is now a winner on the PGA Tour for the third time in his career after the Pebble Beach Pro-Am was shortened to 54 holes due to dangerous conditions. Now, Clark did shoot 12 under 60 on Saturday in a historic round of golf at Pebble Beach. And shortly after putting out and shooting 60 at Pebble Beach, he went one-on-one with Mark. How do you even put into words what transpired out there today? Have you ever experienced anything like that in a competitive situation? And did you feel that round coming? Is there anything that, you you know, the putter obviously was on fire today, but the 28 going out is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, I mean, it's, I haven't been, um, you know, putting's been a struggle the last probably six, seven months and been working really hard on it. And I've been kind of waiting for the day that I, I have the floodgates open and you know you never think it opens up this much uh, i mean the hole seems so big and you know these greens are hard to make putts on in general and it just seemed like i always had the right speed in line so it was an amazing i mean honestly it was an amazing day i've been playing good golf maybe the scores haven't been showing it but i've been hitting it uh, statistically pretty well i just haven't been making putts and so it was nice to finally have you know a great day on the greens to put this in perspective arguably the most historic venue in american golf bobby jones jack nicholas tiger woods nobody has gone through pebble beach golf links lower than you did today can you put that into words yeah well it's um, pretty surreal i mean to play just to be on this golf course and be able to play here is such an honor and blessing and um you know and then to play it as well as i did today and be up there with some of the greats and even beat their records is is pretty pretty amazing i'm very uh, very humbled to to have now have the course record here Special day. Thanks for your time, Wyndham. Yeah, thank you. Just a remarkable performance, 12 under 60 by Wyndham Clark. He is now a three-time winner on the PGA Tour. When we come back on GTC, Mark Skeno going to join us again. We're going to recap what's gone on so far in 2024 from long shot winners on the PGA Tour to a number of Canadians trending on a number of different tours. This is our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside our season premiere of Golf Talk Canada, season 16. Adam Scully here in studio. Well, it's been a busy start to the year of 2024 on the PGA Tour, specifically in terms of long shot winners. It's been a wild start, lots of long shots. And yesterday, Mark and I, took some time and broke down, did a little recap of what has gone on throughout the first five weeks or so of the PGA Tour season. And that conversation began with us talking about Mark interviewing a number of celebrities at Pebble Beach. It was kind of really cool. You know, it's the second time I've done that. The last time I worked Pebble Beach was two years ago when it was the regular program. So we used to have like celebrity Saturdays. So my job was to talk to all the celebrities. So we, you'd have, you'd have like Macklemore, Don Cheadle. Uh, I, there's names escaping me. And I got to speak to uh, Alex Smith and Josh Allen that year as well. Now I got to chat with Alex Smith and Josh Allen this year as well. But this year I got to add uh, Aaron Rodgers to the mix. 
Paul Gasol, which is a hilarious photo because it almost looks like you and I standing in front of each other. <laughs> Although Gasol at seven one, Paul, he makes me look Gasol. short. Unbelievable, super nice guy. Had a chance to talk to him about his equipment, Adam. Mm. I said, "Listen, I'm four degrees flat." Da da. I go, "What? What are your specs?" Two inches over, four degrees upright are his irons. <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. I go, "Your pitching wedge is my seven iron at that yeah. point, right?" So, oh, man. Uh, really, really cool experience. Um, and uh, so many guys love golf. When I mean, you, the minute you start asking them golf questions, that is it. They're just like you and I. They just want to go off on where they love to play and what their game's like and what they have trouble with and what they're working on. And got to speak to Steve Young, the, you know, which is awesome. Be, so many 49ers down here, celeb-wise and stuff, getting ready for next week's big game. Steve Young wanted to basically talk an hour uh, about next week's game, which was so cool, right? So... Uh, it's a special place. This vibe this year is different, though. I got to tell you, it's been a bit of a you know, a, uh, you know, a bit of a giggle until Sunday in previous years. This year felt a lot more serious as soon as we got here. Okay. Now, did you see the video of Tom Brady? Uh, it was like a cold top shank dry. I don't even know how to describe what it yes. was. It's as if like the ball went like four yards i don't know we could try to do that hit that shot for the rest of our lives and not make that happen it just sort of comes to show we, we remember that match when tom brady was awful and then hooped it from 100 yards for eagle it just you know sometimes when you see these pro athletes struggle we realize that they are human too but to your point about the 49ers earlier i know on wednesday show coming up we're going to spend our last segment where you can preview <laughs> your 49ers and their quest to win uh the super bowl but since this is our first show of the year of course we've missed uh live on radio some big moments in the pga tour season thus far and the theme of the year to date has been unexpected winners mark do you think there's any particular reason why we're seeing all of these long shots succeed on the pga tour i think it's just the same thing that's been happening for the last decade and why it's so important to have uh, 72 hole event events that have cuts to maintain full fields to maintain PGA tour America's corn Ferry tour DP tour. Um, the world, the, the game is global and the game's deeper than it's ever been. And college athletes, especially are every other decade are more prepared than the decade prior. And this is why 54 hole shotgun exhibitions, regardless of how big the names are, you you for me and a large majority of the golf community refuse to take it serious or refuse to acknowledge it because it's you cannot recreate what we saw with Matthew Pavon in Torrey Pines. You cannot re recreate what Nick Dunlap did at uh, in the desert. Something that has not occurred since Phil Mickelson did it. 31, 32 years ago at the Tucson Open in 91. I mean, golf is special because you're only as good as the shot you just last hit. You're only as good as what you've done lately. Uh, every other professional sports in the world, Adam, pays you for what you did, not for what you're about to do. How many quarterbacks get huge contracts? Russell Wilson. And then, see ya. Yeah. How many times, as fans of Leaf Leafs Nation, has the Toronto Maple Leafs been the 
uh, Del Boca Vista retirement home of the NHL, where guys who are done past their prime can't skate anymore, come home for their big blue and white paycheck when instead we should be building our own system. Da, da, da. We've seen that our entire lives cheering for the blue and white as kids. Golf's not that. You don't get paid for what you did in golf. You get paid for what you just accomplished for those four days. And that's the beauty of Nick Dunlap and having to make a choice about turning pro. And that's the beauty about Matthew Pavon winning a huge event, getting into now signature events, going to the Masters, going to the Players' Championship. That's what golf's all about. And that's why throwing $600 million at John Rahm or whatever the number was is going to mean nothing. All it does is take one more shot at the PGA Tour, weaken the PGA Tour, and nobody cares about Liv. So you got nobody caring about Liv and the PGA Tour taking one more bullet to the chest. They get weaker. So who suffers? Game of golf. Who wins? Multi-millionaires become multi-multi-millionaires. It's like the anti-Robin Hood. You know, they steal from the steal from the rich to give to the ultra rich. It's this is absolutely ridiculous. But to your point, the reason why I think all this is happening is because the game is deep. The game is global. You know, Jack Nicholas used to say there's probably 15 to 18 guys I had to beat in the field if I was going to win. And now you can go to any tour anywhere in the world and find the 900th ranked player. And that guy can put a 59 on you in a competitive situation. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's why you get a Matthew Pavon and a Ludwig Oberg and a Nick Dunlap. And these new stars coming up in the game now. In terms of an odds, uh, from an odds perspective, from FanDuel, the pre-tournament odds at the century, Chris Kirker won the tournament. His pre-tournament odds were 125 to 1 at the Sony Open. Grayson Murray's pre-tournament odds were 300 to 1 at the American Express. The amateur, Nick Dunlap, his pre-tournament odds were 400 to 1. And Matthew Pavon, his pre-tourney odds at the Farmers were 150 to 1. Crazy to think these numbers, Mark. But Dunlap in particular the last time an amateur won on the pga tour i wasn't born yet okay so that's how long (laughs) it's been it's been that long but overall to go toe-to-toe against guys like justin thomas and sam burns this was an unbelievable performance Mm -hmm. to shoot what 29 under par for four rounds two at the american express just how amazing was that performance overall by nick dunlap well he just didn't blink And to your point, to do it on a Sunday in a stage with huge names around you and Sam Burns coming up behind. And obviously Sam would love the tee shot on 17 back, but I mean, 17, that, that is a gut check. That's why they, that's why Pete Dye built that hole. If you don't put it's just like 17 at Sawgrass. We don't put water surrounding that Island green. Those guys are hitting it to 15 feet all day long, especially without wind in the desert. Right. But you get up there, try to win a championship the spotlight on you and all of a sudden those little island green holes you clinch you, you know you block you get ahead of it and you don't trust it and you don't trust it at the bottom and you either block it or you flip it and, and burns blocked it and nick dunlap who's never you know won a golf tournament on the pga tour in his life he trusted it he trusted it when he absolutely had to trust it the most what about the six seven footer on the last Adam? <laughs> i mean that's not a kick it I mean, you know how I, I mean, my hands are shaking so bad. You hand me Americano, it's coming back a latte if I'm putting that. Okay. I mean, it's, it's frothing. I mean, I am just shaking in my boots going through a pair of underwear if I've got that putt. Okay. Nick Dunlap, unbelievable. Like 
So when you were watching the broadcast, did you think he was going to make the putt? Well, I, I, it was tough. I mean, the way he putted throughout the day, I thought I thought he had a pretty good chance. But we've seen guys putt well for many t- days, and when the, you know the pressure comes up the most, I'm thinking of Tom Watson back at the 2009 Open Championship, and that would have been the greatest victory ever. But he putted like a 59 year old would when he had a chance to win a big. And Nick Dunlap had the stones really to get it done. But I was I was amazed that when he was going up the 18th hole, he thought he had a two shot lead. Not a one-shot yes. lead because Bazadenhout made the birdie uh, as he was teeing off, I believe, as I believe Dunlap was teeing off because he blew that iron shot way right and had to get up and down for the victory. That's what made it so interesting, Mark. But also turning professional, that was a no-brainer, of course, right? I mean, how do you how do you not? How do you, considering what he's going to gain access to as a professional, all, all the signature events and premium events he's going to get into, I know it's a harder decision to turn professional when you don't know what your future is, you know, when you're able to, you know, take advantage of sponsors uh, exemptions and getting into certain fields in, in a much lower qualification uh, class on the PGA tour and trying to figure out, you know, am I going to have a schedule? Am I going to get enough starts to earn enough FedEx cup points to get my tour card for next year? That's a harder decision, you know, uh, especially when you know you're going to Augusta National already as as the U.S. Amateur Champion, but when you win a tournament and the world of the PGA Tour opens up to you at that level, you have to, you have to, because there are guys out, that are out there, Adam, six, seven, eight years out there fighting for their cards that never get the opportunity that you're about to get to go. Hey, I'm at the players. I mean, I know where I'll be in the March. I'm the player. Oh, I know where I'll be in LA. I'll be at the Genesis. I mean, come on. I mean, you, you, here he is this week, Pebble Beach, right? Not the outing he wanted. But, I mean, you cannot, ter- you cannot say no to opportunity when it stares you like that in the face. I think it was a no-brainer, and uh, what a fantastic story. An unbelievable story. Nick Dunlap will forever be a winner on the PGA Tour. Now, speaking of winners in the PGA Tour, we saw four winners who were Canadian last season on the PGA Tour. And something that was really cool about this week so far at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, five Canadians in the field Mm -hmm. at Pebble Beach. That five number, more than any country other than the U.S., so what does that say, Mark, about the depth of Canadian golf right now, especially for an event like this, signature event, 48 of the top 50 ranked players in the world in the field? Yeah, I think, you know, Adam, we finally we have finally landed where we all kind of thought we were going to land or wanted to land. Let's go back across the history of you and I and Bob here in the last, you know, eight years, 10 years on Golf Talk Canada. And we have been talking for the last eight, nine, 10 years about you know, the growth of our sport, the great job that Golf Canada has done, the player development program. Obviously, Kevin Blue now going to take it to the next level, yada, yada, yada. And the one thing that we would put a bow on at the end of each conversation, at the end of each year is, okay, but now we got to start to see the wins, right? We need those multiple win seasons. We need those multiple Canadian wins. Well, the last year and a half, we landed there. We finally got it, right? We had multiple Canadian flags on the board winners, big events, multiple Canadians getting it done, not just Nick Taylor, not just Adam Hadwin. We had, you know, so many names. So the the, the 2022-23 season of the PGA Tour 
gave us what all Canadian golf fans wanted from a male golf standpoint. Brooke always does her thing on the LPGA. That's a no-brainer. Stephen Ames, incredible season. Mike Weir, we had Corn, Corn Ferry Tour success. Now it looks like we're going to have DP World Tour success. Throw that on the board. So I think we have finally landed where we thought we were going to be. And the next step is a natural progression. Five flags in an event like this can only lead to one thing. We're, we are moments away whether it's 24, 25, 26, likely at the latest, we are moments away from our next men's major champion. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's where I think this goes, Scully. And and I said it in our year review special. Got Nick Taylor playing with house money. You got guys now that have been there, felt what felt president's cup, felt what it's like to win a Canadian open on your own style. Mackenzie Hughes playing in the final group on a U.S. Open a few years back. We have so much experience now in that level, which is so rare, that the next time one of our guys gets in a Sunday group to win a major, they're not going to blink like we've seen. Like, you know, Corey, I don't even think blinked. I think Corey got a bad break in Mm -hmm. a bunker. Yeah. And that's, you know, without that bad break, I don't think Corey blinked. But I do think with all these tools in the tool chest, there ain't any blinking the next time we get there on a Sunday, whether it be Augusta, Open, PGA, whatever it is. I don't think they're blinking. Do you, are you with me? Like, do you think this is a new level of preparation? Oh, totally. And to see, we've seen it. You know, as, as you mentioned, the progression of our time on Golf Talk Canada. You know, for for years. You know, you think back to 2013. It was really only Graham Dillette who made a, a big run up the FedEx Cup, and then David Hearn had a good chance to win the John Deere Classic that year, mm-hmm. losing to Jordan Spieth, and we know what happened to Jordan Spieth's career yeah. from there. But there's just so much depth which is great. And these guys all get along together and they've got the, you know, what's to go out and make putts when it matters. And we see they've had to make some adjustments too. Mackenzie Hughes trying to get more speed into his game. Ben Silverman's had a couple of very good finishes already so far in this PGA tour season. So the future is bright for team Canada. I got to say, like, I know I'm a Homer we're going to be homers, obviously. Okay. But, but let's be honest, the president's cup, is barely a competition, okay? Now, there's been a couple of close calls over the years, but we still have one lone President's Cup victory for the international squad in a 30-year history of this competition. If doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. If you want to flip the script in September at the President's Cup, Get four Canadians on that team. Send out two Canadian pairs in front of a home Canadian crowd. And let's see what the energy is like at Royal Montreal. And let's see if Team USA has the lead come singles. Because I I think if you're able to put two Canadian pairs together in front of that homer crowd, it might be a very, very, very different uh, day for Team USA. Yeah, and we saw that even in Australia back in 2019 at the President's Cup. There were a number of Aussies on that team. Those fans, they know how to party. They know how to cheer. And what do us Canadian fans? We do the exact same thing. So that would be awesome. But uh, for one player who wants to obviously be on that team, and we 
probably expect him to be on that team is Nick Taylor, who has one top 10 and three starts thus far this season. We got to spend some time with Nick in Hawaii. Um, as you mentioned, you were pretty bullish on Nick, you know, playing with house money now uh, after what you've seen so far in 2024. Have your expectations changed at all for Nick Taylor for the upcoming season? Nope. I think it's a, a steady Eddie start. You know, has, has he done anything spectacular? No, uh, but he looks good. Uh, he's so, solid so far. Um, and there's going to, he's going to, I think Nick, like Adam, like Corey, like Mac, like Sven, Svenny, they're going to hit parts in the schedule where they, they get, they're going to peak. And I think they're all going to have very steady, very good years. I really do. And they're all going to have 60 day periods, maybe 90 if they're really lucky, but certainly 60 day periods where they peak and they trend and they pop up on a Sunday very late. And it's just going to be a matter of taking advantage of those 60 days and taking advantage of those opportunities where they come. But I think they're all so good now that I expect them all to be, you know, pushing for a playoff position. I really do. It's just a matter of when do those peak periods come around? Like, look at Corey. For Corey, it tends to come around the Valero Texas Open every year, right? Yeah. It's like they have for for Adam. He's very good in the desert. He's very good at Valspar. He's you know you pick your spots, uh, but we'll see. I think uh, even as talking to Adam last year in Detroit, Adam said to me, "Mark, one of the things I really want to get better at is having good summers." And and he was having one last year. And he said, "This is not a time of the year where I typically play well," and I am. So maybe the progression for Adam this year is to, you know, he's kind of back to where he was and he fought to get back to where he was. So maybe his progression is to eliminate the peaks and valleys and just kind of feel like he's just always there. So I know they have their goals. They all have their targets, but yeah, no, from a Nick Taylor standpoint, I think Nick's so prepared and so not scared after what he was able to accomplish that now it's like, yeah, just bring it on. I don't care. Let's do, let's do a Sunday at the masters. Let's try it. I love it. I love it so much. And you know, for guys, they're going to be motivated to not only make the President's Cup team, the Olympics, a lot of very exciting things coming for Team Canada in 2024. Well, Mark, you're going to join us a little later in the show, too, because we want to get your feedback about the TaylorMade QI10 line of drivers. We're going to learn about that a little later in the show. And winners, weird and what? So, Mark? Uh, maybe grab a coffee, get ready. We'll we'll get back to you in about uh, about 25 minutes time right here on GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back inside the season premiere of GTC, Hour 2 coming up shortly. But we want to 
send our best and biggest strength and wishes to a member of our team Adidas family, and that is Kevin Malcolm, whose family is going through an incredibly challenging time right now. Uh, wife Amanda battling an aggressive form of cancer. We want to send our best to Kevin, Amanda, and their daughters, Ava and Harper. We are going to link uh, their GoFundMe account to both uh, Instagram and Twitter on our social media pages. They've raised over $45,000 so far. So please keep the Malcolm family in your thoughts and your prayers. We at Golf Talk Canada, we're a big family, and uh, Adidas Golf is a big part of that. So Malks, Amanda, Ava Harper, we're thinking about you guys. Please stay strong and do your best through this very challenging time. We are thinking of you. GTC Hour 2 season premiere. It continues next. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada and subscribe to our YouTube channel, for show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 18 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside the season premiere, season 16 of GTC. Adam Scully here in the studio. Mark Sakino will be by again a little later in the show. We're also going to learn all about the TaylorMade QI10 line of drivers. But we haven't heard from Bob Weeks yet. Bob is actually taking a vacation for I think is the first time ever. Bob is on vacation. But before Bob went on vacay, we had a little chat last week about the early portion of the entire golf season all right bob another year is here of golf talk canada mark skino coming back a little later in the show for winners weird and what but a couple of weeks ago we got to enjoy hawaii with our friends from adidas just how much fun was that trip for you yeah it was great i've traveled a lot but i've only other than uh, changing planes in the airport in honolulu i'd never been to uh to hawaii so it was nice to spend some time there nice to get a little vitamin d from that big glowing ball up in the sky that we haven't seen much of here in the uh, Ontario area. And uh, yeah, it's always, always nice to go to Hawaii in January. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to try and make it an annual thing. If uh, Adidas will come, will, will complied. Yeah, I, I agree too. And it was great to all spend some time together and we have uh, their latest of products coming out in a couple of weeks. We'll have much more on that uh, on Golf Talk Canada here. Uh, some very exciting new stuff from Adidas. But so far, early in 2024, Mark and I have spoken a lot about some of the other storylines that have gone on on the PGA Tour. But let's talk a little LPGA Tour. And Brooke Henderson, who's off to a great start so far in 2024. What's impressed you uh, so far about Brooke Henderson? 
Well, I guess uh, the first event out of the out of the gate was a good finish, and that's always nice to see. She did that last year, of course, and she's played that tournament so so very well. That Hilton Vacations uh, Tournament of Champions. Um, I was pleased to see her putting stats through the first couple of events. Are she's inside the top ten in putting on the LPGA Tour, which is sort of shocking, to be perfectly honest with you. I kind of got the sense too that there's a. Uh, a renewed energy that I saw. She said that the, the off season really wasn't all that long, but, but um, you know, she had a month off or so, which is short by LPGA tour standards. But I, I think that there's a, a sense of she's out there. She's ready to go again. She's ready to have fun. She wants to play better than she did a year ago. And, you know, in the first tournament, her stats basically across the board were great. The second tournament, the, you know, the driver, and the greens and regs numbers were down a little bit, but uh, but overall that putter has been shining so far. She's got a new putter in the bag, a new tailor-made putter. So uh, I think she likes the new irons. She lo- she loves the new driver. She was telling us the story about how uh, she put that in the bag. She went to a photo shoot. They she hadn't hit it yet, and she left with the driver because she wasn't giving it up because she was hitting it so well. So um, a lot of positive signs for Brooke as she uh, gets underway with the uh, LPGA Tour season here in 2024. Yeah, you mentioned that tailor-made photo shoot i remember watching that press conference uh before the first tournament of the year and you actually asked brooke about the chance to spend time with some of the top stars in the game and i believe bob she had said that was her second time actually with tiger because in, in the video they released she's actually standing beside tiger woods that's pretty cool yeah you you know those videos sometimes um the they make it look like the players are all together but sometimes they aren't there was a very famous one with rory and Tiger uh, together hitting shots, and they weren't even at the, in the same place at the same time, so they just married it together. So that's why I asked her that, and she said, "Yeah." And she sat down and she had breakfast beside, sitting beside Tiger Woods. And uh, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting there. With, I mean, there was Nelly with Corda was there, and Colin Morikawa was there, Tommy Fleetwood was there, Scotty Scheffler was there, Rory McIlroy was there. So I mean, it's a meeting of the greats sitting around. Uh, chewing the fat and and just to hear what they would be talking about or the questions they'd ask, uh, I think would have been mind blowing. But um, we'll we'll let Brooke uh, have that to herself unless she wants to tell us anytime soon. Maybe we'll get her on the radio show and ask her again, do a whole segment on it. I think that is a good idea right there. So obviously, 2023 for Brooke Henderson, you know, gets off to the great start with the victory. The rest of her year was mediocre, to say the least, got off to a pretty good finish, I should say, to the end of her 2023. But after the start she has had so far, what's your level of optimism for Brooke in 2024? Uh, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I think I think consistency is the word that she would want to find with her game. I don't think she's going to win every week. We know that. Uh, but a couple of wins would be great. A major would be awesome. Oops, sorry, my little microphone trouble here. <laughs> but the uh, would be, uh, you know, a major title would be awesome. But I think last year, you know, she missed more cuts than she's missed. She's didn't have as many top tens as she's normally had in her career. So there's a lot of. Um, a lot of ups and downs. The highs were higher, but the lows were lower. And so you you kind of hope that there's a little more of an even trend there. And she she tends to gauge herself with, with a measurement, which is um, scoring average. And if she's under 70, then, then she feels really good. She feels that she's played pretty well. And right now she is exactly at 70, 70.00. So a good start to the season. But, uh, but I think consistency is the word I want to see in Brooks' game. Well, speaking of consistency, we've seen a lot of that 
in 2024 for Canadian men's golf on the PGA Tour. Already a couple of good finishes. You're optimistic about Brooks' game in 2024, but how about an overall landscape, a look at the men's, uh, the men on the PGA Tour uh, for Canadians in 2024? How optimistic are you about that crop of Canadians? Always optimistic about the men right now. I mean, we've got, you know, there's never been a better time. And and yeah, Michael Gligic didn't make it back on the tour, but we got Ben Silverman and we got Roger Sloan back. Uh, they've had some good finishes. I, I think this year is going to be interesting because I, I in talking to the guys, they're all geared up for two things. One is they want to be on that Olympic team. And two is they want to be on that President's Cup team. And, and they're pushing each other more so so than they have in the past. In the past, it was fun. It was, you know, they'd go out and play a Tuesday game and they'd put a little money on it and have some fun. Um, but, you know, I think this year they're really focused in. I, I really sense that from Adam Hadwin more so than than the other guys. But I have felt it in, in the chats I've had with them all. They really got that President's Cup thing circled on the calendar. So uh, there's only one way to get there, and that's that you've got to play better than the other guys. And for the Olympics, it's you got to be one or you got to be two. Uh, Corey Connors is in a good spot, obviously, in the world rankings, being number one. Adam Hadwin is making some moves. But, um, you know, one one week can turn that around in a hurry, as we saw last year with Nick Taylor. So I think uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how dialed in, what tournaments they play, if they play anything out of the ordinary. And, uh, I mean, all the, the top five guys are playing in all the signature events, so they're playing against the best fields, which is something else to consider when you're talking about where you're finishing. You're playing there's, – there's no weak fields in those tournaments. So um, it's going to be a really fun and a really interesting year to follow the Canadian men. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we did a List It segment, both on SportsCenter and on YouTube, where you went down your list of the top five Canadians on the PGA Tour. I believe you had Nick Taylor at number one. This was a couple of weeks ago. Right now, if you were to pick one Canadian to compete and play the best, is Nick Taylor still the guy? I'm going to lean towards Adam Hadwin right now. Uh, I think that from what I've seen with Adam, he's added a little distance off the tee, not a ton, but a little distance off the tee, which is enough. Uh, his short game has been pretty sharp. I, I've in, in chatting with him, you know, you kind of get this sense that he's kind of really sort of putting a few things aside and, and wants to grind it in there. So um, right now, I'd like him, but if you ask me tomorrow or next week, I, I might change my mind again because they are all playing pretty well. They've all had some pretty good finishes so far, even though it's early in the season. Well, that's the beauty of this too. There's so much parody. There's so much depth of Canadian golf right now that every week you could pick a different player to contend and have a legitimate chance at success. We saw a couple of weeks ago too with Taylor Pendrith, a good finish at Torrey Pine. So a lot of great Canadians right now. And I, I know Bob as well, you spoke recently to a couple of Canadians about the news that came down just last week with the PGA tour and SSG for you. What are your overall impressions of this deal? Is this a win for the PGA Tour? Yeah, I think, and talking to uh, Mackenzie Hughes and Nick Taylor, who are both on the Players Advisory Council, better known as the PAC, you know, they said this is a win. And and Mackenzie did kind of say, you know, look, it's it's nice to have one because we've sort of been taking it on the chops here. You had John Rahm leave, then you had Terrell Hatton leave, and you had a little bit of dissension amongst the I don't know what, what you what you want to call it. Players lower on the on the FedEx Cup standings, you know, the eighty to one hundred and twenty kind of guys in the air who are saying, you know, they weren't all that happy. There's been some legal action, um, so so I think it's nice for them to say, yep, somebody somebody wants to invest in our product in our company, and one point five billion is is going to go a long way. 
and they're getting equity. And as Nick Taylor said, you know, the, the people from SSG, the strategic sport group, which is the amalgamation of all those uh, club owners, let's put it that way. They said, you know, this is, this is unprecedented. There's no sports league where the players are the owners. And you think about that for a second and you're going, yeah, you know, you're right. There's no, nowhere is it like, like this. Nowhere is it, uh, you know, we're, we're, we used to just be sort of go out and play. And if you missed the cut, you went home. But at now, at least you have a stake in the company. So um, I think it's a win. I think it's a first step. Um, I don't know what the next step is going to be with the public investment fund. Are they going to, are, are they going to continue negotiating? Uh, uh, I don't think there's as much urgency now to do that because the coffers are full and the players seem to be calmed down a little bit right now. So I think that's going to be the most interesting part. This could, this is, I think, to me, one of two things. It's either the the public investment fund is is not going to be a part of it, or they're rearranging this so they can get around any um, Senate inquiries. And there is a Senate inquiry going on right now about uh, uh, antitrust. They don't want the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia coming in and taking over the PGA Tour, and they've actually subpoenaed Yasser Al Romayan, uh, who's the head of the PIF. So it's there's a lot of a lot that's going to unfold in the next little bit. But I can tell you. Uh, the PGA Tour is not going anywhere now. Live Golf is not going anywhere right now. So we're in for a continuation uh, of essentially what happened last year. But I think with people are a little calmer now. I think people are a little calmer now. And hopefully we're one little step closer to the best players in the world playing all together far more often. Now, Bob, in our next segment, we're going to learn all about the tailor-made QI10 line of drivers. And I know you got a sneak peek at these drivers back in December when we went to the tailor-made lab. Just overall, what was your uh, initial thoughts on hitting the new driver? Uh, I loved it. I um, I tend to be a little bit of a wayward guy off the tee from time to time. And so I found that the misses were less. And now this is just on a simulator. I'm waiting to get it out in the, in the, the real grass to test it out when, when we get to that point. Uh, but the other thing that kind of has tweaked my eye is how quickly a lot of the tour players, both male and female, have put it in the bag. We were starting this thing talking about uh, Brooke Anderson putting it in the bag. You know, so I think there's some some real uh mojo going with this driver right now is in terms of of the top players and so if it can help them i'm always of the mind that with the right fitting and the right shaft and everything it can probably help me even more and even you've seen a ton of players have success on the professional levels you know nelly corda tio bernolis and obviously rory tommy fleetwood nick dunlap too of all people so a lot of success for taylor made so far in 2024 uh bob i know you're a traveling man thanks so much for your time today we look forward to you joining the show live next week Thank you. Always fun with Bob Weeks. When we come back here on GTC, we're going to learn all about the new tailor-made QI10 drivers. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 18 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. To learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community, visit cobblebeach.com today. Welcome back inside our season premiere of GTC. Adam Scully here in studio. Well, TaylorMade has released their latest line of drivers, the Q. 
I-10. So what does it all mean, specifically the name, for much more on these new drivers? I had a chance to catch up with TaylorMade's Brian Basil. All right, Baz, the QI-10 driver. Great story this year. First of all, what does that stand for, QI-10? Great question, Scully, right? So QI-10, what is that? Q stands for Quest. I stands for inertia. 10's 10,000 inertia. So put it all together, we've been on this quest for 10,000 inertia, and that's kind of where the story begins. Okay, so break it down. For someone who doesn't know what inertia means, yep. what does it mean? So we often talk about moment of inertia. So inertia is sort of the resistance to, to movement on, uh, in this case, rotational movement on off-center shots. So it's the object, this is the driver. We, we add both the heel-to-toe inertia and the high-to-low inertia to get total MOI, and that's where it adds up to a number, in this case, 10,000 with this driver. And so basically this is another way to put it, this driver is the most forgiving one yet? Yeah, we were sort of on the quest for the most forgiving driver. Really, people equate it to stability. You know, this is a game of misses. You miss hit a shot, you're going to feel something a little bit different, and you're certainly going to see something different. And the better that shot can look, and the better it can feel on off-center shots, we're doing our job. And in that case, that's what we went after here. So how high would you say the MOI has increased from, say, Stealth 2? Yeah, so Stealth 2, our highest MOI driver in Stealth 2 is right around the 8,500 range. And so we're going up 1,500 points, which year on year in the history of our company is the largest gain in MOI ever. So it's, obviously we're super excited by it, and it's something that golfers are going to experience, which is also, that's what gets us going. And when you actually take a look at the driver at address, mm -hmm. there are a couple of big changes too from last year's model, explain. Yeah, there is. So it's one thing to have a number of forgiveness. Another thing was set down a driver and say, that looks amazing. So there's a couple of different tweaks here. One is the size of the head. The QI-10 Max has been elongated about eight millimeters back. And so when you set it down, it just looks simply easy to hit. Then you'll notice the crown, the carbon crown, it goes all the way to the edge from the front of the face all the way back around. You don't even see the seams, only here a little bit in the heel. 97% coverage in carbon on the top. We call it the infinity crown. And so that kind of frees up weight at the highest part of the club and allows us to reposition that and help in our journey to 10,000 inertia. So really cool look. One other little tweak that you'll see here is this alignment system at the top of the face. And that, when you set it down again, looks clean. All the tour players who have seen it say, wow, it just looks really clean. Tiger in particular loved the line that came across. Just looks really square. And we'll get to Tiger and Rory here shortly. Okay. Well, you mentioned carbon and the face itself. So carbon was the big story with Stealth. We still have a, a carbon face here? Yeah, so one of the challenges is a product creator's dilemma, which is this idea that speed and forgiveness are, are opposing forces. And the carbon face is the ability for us to break through that. The carbon face provides more speed through a lighter face and a better energy transfer. And this is our third generation of carbon face. And the thing that we've learned most and we've applied to the new QI-10 drivers is the collar that holds the face. We realized that the collar that holds the face needed to be more flexible. So hopefully sort of in a symphony with the face, flexing and rebounding to give you more speed on off-center shots, even increases the durability for some of these crazy fast swingers that we see these days, that new uh, addition to the face is a step forward as well. It certainly is, and so that's the QI-10. Now with the QI-10 LS, and that's for low spin, is, and then that's for sort of the 
the better or tour player even, would you say? Yeah, so we have three models. Okay. I mean, this is the QI10 Max, yep. and so here is the QI10 LS. Okay. So this is on the other spectrum. The, the LS stands for low spin. So if, you, if you're looking for low spin, this is where you want to start. Mm -hmm. It has the most adjustability as well. We still have split weighting here, but the front weight is sliding. The screw stays stationary, it's a new weight system, and the weight slides underneath here for more draw. So aerodynamically, it's really, uh, really improved here over the track. And then if you want more fade, you slide it in the toe. This is a more traditional tailor-made shape, a little bit smaller. This is something that more tour players will lean towards. Tour players will play all three models. This will be the most played on tour. And so that model in particular, as we record now, recently we saw Tiger, we saw Rory, we saw other players put it in the bag yeah. immediately. What does it say about for you and the design team to have these elite athletes say, we want to put this in the bag before it's even supposed to be released? Well, it's the ultimate validation, right? I mean, obviously we work hard on these things, but to, to get it in the hands of the best players in the world, for them to adopt it right away and to go out and have success with it. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood, first week out in Dubai, finished second. You know, he drove it beautifully. Rory loved the driver, drove it great. Tiger, I mean, Tiger drove it phenomenal. First week out, and, and to put a product in play, you know how discerning his eyes are and his feels are. And so, to answer your question, it's been spectacular. So that's the QI10 LS, mm -hmm. and not everyone can be on tour or be a low single-digit handicap. Right. That's where the QI10 comes into play. Where are some of the differences with that club? So, let me grab this here. So we started with the QI10 Max, and I have the QI10 here, so okay. I can talk about both. Okay. But you know, it, this is a good opportunity, I think, for, for talk about fitting too. When you're gonna navigate the three drivers, you wanna really find the driver that has the highest inertia, the most forgiveness that you find the right launch conditions for. So I recommend starting with the QI10 Max, mm. and then working your way into what I'm holding here is the QI10, which spins just a touch less. Right. It is a new shape for us as well. Mm -hmm. It has been elongated a bit, four millimeters, sort of overall performance, uh, higher stability than, than Stealth 2, and then also all the benefits of carbon phase, speed pocket, all the other technology in it. And I would say it's sort of the naming architecture of the line, right? So going from what was a plus to, um, to a core, to an HD, now I would say this is as much core as anything, the, QI, the QI10 Max, and then working our way down to LS. So LS changed from a plus model. We found a lot of golfers would end up getting into the plus model, but maybe it's not the right one for them. They just thought it was extra or more. It really is our lowest spin model, and we want to make sure that golfers find the right one for them. And so as you work your way up, more golfers should fit into the max product. And so by steering clear of sort of high draw, which seems more of a niche product, this is more right up the gut, the, the driver that most golfers should play. And so that's why we changed it to QI10 Max. And of course you get the nice balance in, in the middle here with QI10. And as we wrap here, mm -hmm. some people like to have some custom colors with their yeah. driver, and that's where the QI10 yeah. driver series comes into play. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're uh, first time ever we're bringing a designer series uh, to life here. We're gonna do a few different models throughout the year, a couple out of the gate, where we put our highly talented designers to work to put the different colorations, give it a different attitude, and if a golfer kind of connects with that color a little bit more, maybe it's their favorite hockey team, Maple Leafs or whatever, they might be able to find that driver in the QI10 family, which is super cool. And so we're gonna do that uh, this year, give it a try and see what people think. Well, in 2024, we're experiencing drives in 10K with TaylorMade. Brian, thanks for your time today. You bet, Scully.
All right, let's bring Mark back into the conversation now. We just learned all about the TaylorMade QI10 line of drivers. And of course, we got to go to TaylorMade's Performance Center. Thanks to our friends, Nick and everyone from TaylorMade for setting that up. Got to experience the new product. And Mark, for you, uh, which of the models did you uh, were you fit into? Uh, you know, I went there with a very open mind, Adam, because this year's story is so different, right? It, it's, it's, we're not talking about, you know, necessarily speed, although it is faster product. We're talking about a new threshold of inertia and forgiveness that the world has never seen before. So it's almost like reverse marketing is we're talking about the maximum forgiveness out of the gate before we talk about any, anything else. Then you double down on that and you look on the PGA Tour and all three models are fully in play. On LPGA, PGA, Corn Ferry, DP World Tour, you can find uh, QI10 Max, the the standard model, and the LS in every bag. So I went with a total open mind. I landed in the LS. And the reason I landed in the LS is for really for two reasons and two reasons only. Uh, One, uh, I need the adjustability because you know me. I need... As a lefty, I need anti-right technology. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to open that face, dial down the loft, get the weight in the toe, and really build a driver that that helps me fade the golf ball because my miss is a hook. And if I don't if I feel like I can swing at it and I'm not gonna hook at it, I can play a lot freer. So the adjustability of the LS was kind of the real uh reason why I was there. And the other part of it is it is the fastest model. Technically speaking, it is the fastest model. And I'm not really, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything here, Adam. I'm just talking about what I do well and what I do bad. As you know, I'm not swinging it any faster, unfortunately, these days. I'm nowhere, you're hitting it like 50 yards by me. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But the one thing I do do is I tend to hit it off the middle of the face, kind of more often than not. So the forgiveness factor was really not a huge thing for me, Uh, even though everybody can use greater forgiveness. For me, I could take the two or three miles per hour faster over the need for more forgiveness. So for me, it was LS for adjustability and speed. What about you? Yeah, same thing. It was LS for me too. I made a slight shaft change as well to the Fujikura Ventus TR Black 7X. Bit of a mouthful there. Same here. Look at that. Two pieces of the pod. I'm 6X. I'm 6X. So same shaft, only 6X instead of 7X. Well, I'm looking forward to when we play the fairway wood interview because I have a fairway wood coming this year, Mark, that I've never hit this kind of fairway wood before in terms of lots. That's just a bit of a teaser there. That's coming. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, actually, later today, Monday, that's supposed to be here. So uh, we'll we'll, we'll leave it at that. Okay, when we come back here on GTC, there's been so much going on in the world of golf on social media, the works on and off the golf course. We're doing winners, weird and what from the first part of 2024. That's coming up next. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac and the all-electric vehicles that get you in the game. From Lyric to the first-ever Escalade IQ, there will be a Cadillac EV icon for you. 
Welcome back inside GTC, our season premiere of GTC. Well, it's our favorite time of the show. It is winners weird and what from the first five weeks of 2024. This week, Mark has the team. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, Skulls. Uh, my winner, and this is a bit of a weird winner for me because, you know, I, I've kind of tried to stay a little bit away from oh, just this whole live stuff and, and things of that nature. But, I mean, at this point, there's there's been so much that's gone down. I, I mean, we have to address it. So uh, it's nice to finally start to get a, a blueprint on what the PGA Tour future look like. So this SSG deal... Uh, this sports group, which is now backing PGA Tour Enterprises, which will eventually lead to, you know, initial $1.5 billion investment, which will round out at $3 billion. I can't believe we're using terms like round out at $3 billion. <laughs> it is a, is a real benefit if you are a fan of the PGA Tour. So let me explain this because I see a lot of people, a lot of trolls on X uh, saying stuff like, well, how does this benefit the golf fan all i see is billions you're right this whole thing has not been about anybody about millionaires becoming multi-millionaires i I said it off the top of the show i'll say it again but why this is good for the golf fan is this puts the pga tour in a position to be self-sufficient and are they still potentially trying to do a deal with the public investment fund for the good of the game to get everybody on the same page I'm under the understanding, Adam, that that's still the intent to get something done before the Masters. However, they are now bargaining from a much better position. They don't have someone's foot on their throat anymore, although Saudis have deeper pockets than anybody. But if you want the game of golf to look at all professional, if you want it to look at all and take history into account and venues like Pebble Beach and the history that we talked about with Bobby Jones and Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods and what Wyndham Clark did the other day. If you love golf for anything like that, then you need the PGA Tour to be leading the way here in this negotiation of what the future of golf is, or you will end up with Taylor Swift playing in the background on a shotgun with guys wearing shorts, tugging transfusions. Okay, that so that is why this is a winner, and that is why this is important. So, Adam, I got to ask you: mm-hmm. Do you think we are still? And I'm going to get to this in my weird with Rory and Jordan, but do you think we are still working towards, in good faith, in quotations, good good faith makes makes me laugh. See Terrell Hatton, John Rahm, good faith to get a deal done by by Augusta. I, I hope so. I mean, you'd have to safely presume. I mean, you, you look at the public investment fund and Yasser and everything and everyone involved with that. They're controlling the game of golf, given the amount of in the, the dough and the, the financial implications that are going in. What I think this deal that was announced last week with the SSG and PGA Tour basically, it's one step closer to having all the best players in the world play together far more often. It might be a very small step, but it's still one step closer, I think, anyway, to have this all happen. And we don't want golf to turn into tennis. 
right? That that's my right. perspective. Where you know there are there are the grand slams in tennis, and there are other events, and sure players play these other events, but the the average sports fan probably just tunes into the the grand slams or the majors in tennis. So hopefully this SSG deal brings us a little, a little closer to to unifying game of Well, it's funny you say that tennis, and that's a great segue to my weird this week, Adam, because. The PGA Tour, the players are part of policy boards, the players that were part of ex and former policy board members, people with the ear of Tiger Woods, are now speaking completely different. I, I mean, I can't now make sense of where we're going, which is the reason why I asked you if you think we're getting a deal done with the public investment fund before the Masters. Rory McIlroy is suggesting that we should still get a deal done and we should welcome live players back with open arms, without penalty. And on the same week those comments came out, Jordan pa- Jordan, Jordan Spieth says, we don't need them anymore. We don't need the deal. The PGA Tour doesn't need p- uh, public investment fund, and I'm not sure I want those guys back. And then they doubled down on that camp this week behind closed doors saying there's no way they're coming back without some type of penalty or something that has to be done where they can't just walk and stroll back in to their previous positions on tour. So if you think we're fighting just between live and the PGA tour, the fight is broader and, and, and more intricate than that. Then I go to myself, well, how do you feel about this Mark? And I hate to go back to this and I don't want to be Brandel Chambly, although I like Brandel, you know, and I agree with Brandel on most of his opinions. I, I really do. And I know he takes a lot of heat as does Damon Lynch, but I try to avoid that stuff. Like I said last year in 22, I was done having the political dis- discussion about this. And in 23, I was only going to comment on the product of live itself product is garbage that's got nothing to do with the saudis and dirty money and sports washing i just think the product's garbage just like i you know i don't like royal roller derby not a fan of the xfl uh these are things i don't enjoy it's okay that's my prerogative oh by the way if you like live great that's your prerogative too i don't understand why everybody's so crazy like the live people you have to like live or they go nuts here's where i have to go back to my 22 feeling adam Yasser is potentially being sued and charged in a Canadian court. I don't know how this lands in Canadian court, but somehow he is being um, he is being brought up on charges that he carried out instructions from the Saudi prince to cause malicious intent and harm, trying to attempt to silence and ultimately destroy, these are in quotations, a family of the country's former intelligence chief. These are accusations of physical intimidation, kidnapping, maybe beyond that. And we're going to go into business with these people, Adam? I understand the argument of some of the idiots who say, well, you'll pump their gas. There's a big jump, Skulls, from pump your gas to criminal investigations on charges of this nature. Am am I naive, Adam, or is this for me just, come on, is this not too far? Yeah, I I think it's too far for sure. And I mean, to see some of the 180s that have been made, like when when Rory McIlroy initially made those comments, I I thought it was a fake X account that was putting out these quotes. I'm like, no, no, that's actually real. So 
I mean, I know Rory isn't as involved with these anymore, and he's really trying to only focus on golf. But, you know, as someone who produces golf content, this is just I, I got my popcorn ready and I just want to see all this drama that keep happening. But it's it's a, it's still a crazy time to be uh, involved in the world of golf, for sure. And I know I'm going long here. On That's you. Okay. So my what? My what this week is, you know, I love, uh, you know, love telling everybody when I'm right. Nothing more than when people agree <laughs> with me or or all my opinions are validated. Well, I don't believe there was ever a problem with the golf ball, as you know. And I would have been very fine with us putting a ceiling on the golf ball, a similar capacity to the way we put a ceiling on drivers back in 07, 08, in spring-like effect, COR, etc. I thought that was the meeting point for everybody. Not the USGA and the RNA. They decided to go back in their time machine 30 years ago and cause the entire golf world millions of dollars and make the game harmer, harder. They're trying to shrink the game. Well, Golf Spy came out with a very interesting study this week that proves my point that we didn't need to touch the golf ball. They did a study on tee height. And they did a study on the difference between a one-inch tee from a half-inch to a one and a half inch. And what did they find? That one inch of difference was 15 yards of carry. What? 15 yards of total different distance, 400 RPMs less spin, four degrees higher launch angle. And get this one, 8% more accurate in fairways. If courses like Augusta, and the USGA was so paranoid about their courses becoming obsolete and their egos were bruised. All they had to do was limit the T height for their tournament four days a year. But God forbid we do our research. We should just flex our muscles and try to throw the game in reverse instead. What do you think of that, Adam? My my brain is spinning right now more than it was after the PGA Tour SSG deal <laughs> last week. T-height, <laughs> that, that was the thing here. We just had to make the T shorter. T-height, and we were good to go. All right, Adam, the T is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. All right, Mark. Well, my winner so far in 2024 is Gary Woodland, who has made his way back after having a brain tumor and uh, this past summer. And I know when that news came out, when you see brain tumor on any sort of headline, obviously your stomach just drops, your heart breaks for the family. And we, at that point, we weren't even thinking about Gary Woodland, the golfer. We're thinking about Gary Woodland, the father, the husband, uh, the son, and anything, his, his buddy, that sort of thing. We're thinking everything off the golf course. But miraculously, he is already back playing golf, which is a miracle in itself that he got the brain tumor removed and now he's back and playing. And for a guy who won a major championship five years ago at Pebble beach at the U S open, this is just a great story, Mark. Adam, I mean, I, unbelievable. Like when we, when, when the golf world got the news, you start thinking, you, you just, you start thinking about survival and you just want the person to be able to, to live and continue your life with your fam, with their family. And then you think about, okay. And then you, if they are, are able to do that, you want them to have a quality of life. And then you go, Oh, who, you know, maybe if they're really lucky someday down the road, they'll be able to continue their profession and the thing they love. The fact that he is back already, checking all of those things, all of those boxes in this 
ridiculously condensed period of time is nothing short of, of a miracle and a great one that we can all celebrate. So I couldn't agree with you more. What an amazing story already in 2024. It really is a great feel good stories. There's a lot of weird stories in the world of golf right now, but this is a really, really cool feel good story. Uh, my weird this uh, week so far in 2024, this goes to a practice round last week at, or this past week at Pebble beach, where it was pretty windy <laughs> on Wednesday. And we think Tony Finau, he's one of the longer drivers on the PGA tour. He only takes it about halfway up his backswing. If, if you went fully parallel, you'd hit 200 miles an hour at ball speed. No problem. But on the seventh hole, it was so windy, uh, both into the wind and from left to right as well, that he poked the driver down there. Mark, this is 90 yards downhill and the guy's hitting driver. Now, my question to you is you've played Pebble Beach a couple of times. Can you remember the weirdest club you've hit on number seven or have you played in only calm conditions? I've never played it calm, but I've never played it anything like that. Like I've played it maybe a two club wind. You okay. know, it's never been calm. Uh, but it's funny when you said that because so just before Tony got there, I went down there because Jamie Rydell, our, 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 our golf, senior golf producer on Tia Census, says to me, hey, Z, you're on the ground at Pebble. I go, yeah. He goes, can you give me a preview of PGA Tour Live coverage this week for TSN Plus? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So Mrs. Golf Talk Canada and I go down there. She tries to hold the camera. I try to do like a two-minute preview of the Pebble. She can't stand up. She's blowing over. Camera's shaking so hard. You can't hear my audio. I've got earbuds in. You cannot hear a single thing I'm saying. That's how bad it is. So I get in the cart. We pull the chute. We go aboard aboard. I drive two holes up to see what it's like up the cliffs of doom. It isn't any better. I thought, okay, well, maybe if we get a little higher. I get to nine. Why Tony's hitting that tee shot at seven. I'm at nine. Morikawa on the par four goes driver, driver, pitching his third from 20 yards short of the green into the same breeze on nine. It was impossible. If we were playing the opening round of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am on Wednesday, 79 would have led in the, in the clubhouse, maybe 81. <laughs> oh, well, if only, if only they moved it up and the tournament would have still finished on Saturday. That would have been the solution. Oh man, I'll, I'll always remember that. I've played in a pretty calm day at Pebble Beach. I had a 58 degree wedge. Just missed the birdie putt, but still, I, I want to get back there. Hopefully, it's a little into the fan, but driver for Tony Finau, that was quite something. Uh, my what, before we go to break here, what's up with this anchoring? Akshay Batia, Bernhard, Bernhard Langer, so obviously Bernhard Langer tore his Achilles. Uh, uh, sad story. In his final Masters at 66, so... He's not going to be playing golf anytime soon for someone so fit. That's just a horrible story. But in terms of anchoring, watching Akshay Batia, watching Bernhard Langer all these years, watching Lucas Glover is sometimes it looks kind of close. It's hard not doing this on television. But what I'm saying is the top hand is looking awfully close to making contact with the chest or the shirt. For Akshay Batia in particular, Mark, I don't know, dude. It seems like he's anchoring that putter. What do you think? Listen, I, I'm with you a thousand percent. I was against the ban against anchoring a few years back. I, was, I just thought it was another example of the USGA, like what they're doing with the golf ball, trying to put the horses back in the barn. Now, if we go back to like 1984, I would have been the first guy in the room to stand up and go, that's illegal. We got to ban that now before it's too late. 
but that's 40 years ago. So I ain't going to try. I'm trying to turn back the clock and rewrite the record books for 40 years. And I said to you, we had this little chat. I think, I don't know if we were at Kapalua together or we were sitting down having a drink uh, uh, at our Adidas event in January, but you and I were having this conversation. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Now I know they've kind of almost in a way, Adam turned a little bit of a blind eye to it on the champions tour for like the last like seven, eight years. Right. It's kind of like, they kind of like know what's going on, but it's a champions tour. So nobody kind of says anything that, but you're right. Akshay, who I big fan of love watching his swing. Think he's great for the game. Different, you know, different personality out there, but I'm with you. I mean, at this point, we're just, what are we doing? Saying, you know, in the, it's illegal in the books, but, no one calls you on it and you don't call it on yourself. And it just happens to lean there once in a while. We're going to let it go. I mean, is it be, as anchoring the putter in golf become holding on the offensive line in football, <laughs> you know, right. There's, there's holding yeah. on every play. Yeah. We just only call it when we really feel like it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's what it's starting to feel like. Yeah, it's every time I'm watching, I've paused the TV a couple of times. I've gone up. I'm like, that's that's looking pretty close. But hey, I mean, if he's getting away with it, no one's calling him on it. I guess, say la vie. Well, Mark, another season is now underway. Hard to believe it's season 16 of GTC. We'll have many more announcements about our television schedule coming up in our next segment. Mark, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Skulls, thanks for holding down the fort as always. Uh, I know we're going to get into this on Wednesday, so I will only close with one thing. Go Niners, baby! (laughs) Go Niners. We'll wrap up the show after this. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac's all-electric vehicles that get you in the game. Choose from a $750 credit with Flow or installation of a Level 2 home charging capability from Q-Merit when you purchase or lease a new Cadillac Lyric. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf. Looking to refresh your golf wardrobe this season? Adidas carries the latest golf styles and technology, built for on and off the course. We encourage you to express your style through every swing. Visit adidas.ca slash golf to explore more. Well, Season 16 of GTC is now underway. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We are back Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on the TSN Radio Network. Our TV debut one month from today, Tuesday, March 5th on TSN television. Thanks for joining us this morning, and remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Looking to refresh your golf wardrobe this season? Adidas carries the latest golf styles and technology built for on and off the course. We encourage you to express your style through every swing. Visit adidas.ca slash golf to explore more. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.